0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Jags fans, I'm Jordan DeLugo and my man on my right here, he needs no introduction, Clay Harbor, former NFL tight end, spent several years with your Jags. This is Believe in Jaguars, part of the Believe Podcast Network. Clay and I are teaming up this season to bring you guys an in-depth look at the Jaguars on a weekly basis. We both spend a ton of time studying the NFL and the Jaguars, and Clay obviously has a very unique perspective here on the NFL and the Jaguars. Clay, I'm fired up to get this thing started, man.
1: Me too. You know, we're gone for a little bit, but now we're back. I love talking Jags. I love my time in Duval playing for the Jaguars, and uh, this is an exciting season. I think we got some cool players here, and Doug Peterson is going to get this thing going in the right direction, excited for the season, excited to talk Jags every week.
0: Yeah, and this is our first episode together, so if there's any issues, just bear with us, but I think we'll be fine here. Um, everyone knows, Clay, about you know your exploits on the field and on The Bachelor. How did you get going into this NFL media game?
1: Yeah. It's just something I enjoyed. And it just, it first got started to me as a project of, um, of, Hey, wh- why not do something that you enjoy to do and be around the game. And when you're a football player, you realize you love the game. All the time that I spent playing football, those are my best memories, my favorite memories. And I always like to do something I'm good at. And I asked myself, what am I an expert at? And that's football. You know, I know coverages I know blitzes. I know how to look and I know how to, look at a player and see what he's doing right, see what he's doing wrong. So I wanted to stay in that field. And uh, this football media, going around to training camps and, and getting some cool uh, some cool jobs lined up has, has been really great. And my favorite place I've ever played was Jacksonville. I love Duval, love Florida. So why not talk some Jaguars?
0: Yeah, love it. Uh, love it, love it. Yeah, I think we met at Lemon Bar a few years back. And then um, that was just when I was – fanning out. I was like, Clay, let me get a picture. Fun stuff back <laughs> in the day. Uh, but we formally met, um, at training camp this year mm-hmm. and, uh, been following each other. And I think it's really a good pairing here. Um, I, I for those of y'all who don't know me, I started Jin Jag way back in 2015. Can't believe how long it has been now, uh, covering the team and making a bunch of Duval gear. And it's now my eighth season covering the team in some capacity. I'm a lifelong Jaguars fan. So doing a show like this is a really a dream come true for me. So I'm really excited. I'm going to put forth uh, my my best efforts here and, um, and, and try to give you all some quality content. You'll be able to find the show on your podcast feeds, believe in Jaguars, BLEAV. And you'll also be able to watch on the JinJag Jag YouTube channel. So you'll be able to find this a couple different places. Uh, excited for you guys to, uh, to tune in here and make sure to follow Clay over on Twitter at Clay Harbs 82. You can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo. Make sure to subscribe and review if you enjoy the show. All right, Clay, lay it on me. What are your biggest takeaways from the week one loss against the commanders in the nation's capital?
1: You know, Jordan, I know we didn't come away with a W and that's what it's all about is getting wins, but, uh, I'm encouraged. I liked what I saw from many position groups, barring one or two, and I think that there's something to build on here. Looking at that game, one thing that I know, just looking at the game, I go the Jaguars finally have a number one receiver, and they have a good number two receiver. The receiver core looks great. I think Christian Kirk lived up to the hype. This guy was catching balls. He was getting open. He was running great routes, and he was just playing confidently, had a 50-yard catch. You know, the guy showed some some really impressive routes out there, and I was, couldn't be happier about that. Zay Jones, another guy that comes to mind. Zay Jones had six catches for 65 yards. He ran some good routes, showed speeds, showed quickness. It's going to open things up for the run game. And our run game looked really good. I love the pairing between James Robinson and Travis Etienne. James Robinson had a receiving touchdown and had a rushing touchdown, averaged six yards of carry for 66 yards, and uh, he looked explosive, looked like he wasn't even hurt. Came back, yeah. he looked like his old self. He looked great. ETN, I thought looked amazing, looked quick, looked fast. Obviously, he dropped a touchdown. Trevor missed him early in the game, you know, for for a touchdown. So there's some things to clean up. But overall, I was very encouraged and impressed with those position groups. Obviously, I think our offensive line needs to improve. I was even impressed and encouraged with Trevor Lawrence when he wasn't getting pressure in his face. He was good. He played well. And this is something to build off He showing he's better than he was last year. Right? His you know, his numbers weren't great, but for the guy that was getting that much pressure, he showed that he has improved and he has the capability to get the ball out to these to these new receivers. I thought the defense has to pick up some things. I like what I saw from Trayvon Walker. I like what I saw from a couple other guys on on the defensive end. Um, Claving Chase on even made a play. Trayvon Mm -hmm. Walker, Devin Lloyd had 11 tackles. So I think there's something to build off of here. Got to improve. Got to keep getting better. Didn't get the W. O-line's got to improve. But I'm encouraged.
0: Yeah, I am too overall. I think the offensive foundation that was laid in this game, even though not everything kind of uh, came together, in terms of execution, the play calls were there, even though it was unbalanced between pass and run. That's what you're going to have to expect from Doug Peterson. He is a pass first play caller. I don't know that it will always be that unbalanced, you know, 42 passes to 18 runs. I think some of the um, just the game script dictated that a little bit to Doug Peterson Uh, when you're talking about trying to score late in the half and trying to score late in the game and being down 11 early. Uh, I think that was, that dictated that a little bit for the Jaguars, but it's going to be unbalanced um, throughout the season, throughout Doug Peterson's time in Jacksonville in terms of pass to run ratio. Uh, that's fine. And because uh, I think these concepts that that Doug and Presser are, are, are drawing up and calling, they worked really well. Uh, against a defense that has experience together. Like the the commander's defense was mostly players that were there last year. Uh, they they have time on task altogether. There's, there's continuity yeah. there. Obviously, Chase Young wasn't able to play, but that defensive line is still a nightmare even without him. Yeah. So I am impressed with that offensive foundation. The plays were there to be made. The players didn't always make them. One play I was curious about your perspective as a former pass catcher uh the zay jones uh trevor hit him a little bit too far outside on the left side in the end zone Uh, yeah i was wondering on that one does Zay need to come down with that i know it wasn't a great throw but i'm curious
1: i i mean you know the old rule in the receiver room zay will probably say he should have caught that but i mean that's tough he barely got his hands on it trevor's got to put that on him man. trevor's got to he's got to do a better job on that play for sure Um, I know exactly what player talking about, obviously, but, uh, Zay maybe could have came down with that, but it didn't need to be that difficult. He was open. Trevor Mm -hmm. should have put that ball on. So that was difficult.
0: Yeah, I agreed with that. That was kind of my assessment of it. Like, was it catchable? Like does Justin Jefferson catch that? Does Mike Evans catch that? Probably. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the Jaguars don't have Justin Jefferson or Mike Evans right now. And Trevor needs to be aware of that when he's, uh, trying to, you know, place the football uh, at a place where his guys can catch it. Zay Jones was wide open on that one, right? Like there's no reason wide to open. make it that difficult. And do you think that could be a timing thing as much as an accuracy thing, just getting used to how how Zay runs his routes?
1: Yeah, it definitely could be a little, little bit of timing there. You know, Tr- Trevor doesn't know exactly how he's going to come out the break and they're going continue getting, to continue getting better at that. And, and I mean – the one thing that we got to remember is Trevor Lawrence is 22 years old. This kid's going to keep getting better. And he, people, why did he miss this throw, the throw to Travis Etienne? Why did he miss the throw to, to Zay Jones? I don't know. I think he, he's going to continue improving, and I think later on in the season he makes those plays as he continues to develop that timing, continues to to, to be more consistent, and continues to be able to work with these guys in practice and in the game situations. As these game situations continue to go on, the veteran quarter quarterbacks stay here. Young quarterbacks, they continue to grow and grow and grow at that experience. So as the season continues, as the season goes on, we're going to see 22-year-old Trevor Lawrence exponentially get better. He's going to keep going up, keep going up. A guy that's played 100 games isn't going to improve like that. Trevor Lawrence will. And he's got a new team around him. He's got new receivers, new tight ends, first year, first games they've played together. They went through camp, but there is a different timing. There's a different feel when you're in, you're in games. This is the first game of the year. This guy's 22 years old, and uh, he's going to continue to get better. And overall, I was impressed with Trevor Lawrence. And I know after watching that game that this guy will be the Jags quarterback of the future and the present. Uh so I'm really excited to see where the rest of the season goes, and I'm really excited to uh, to look forward to Indianapolis as well.
0: Yeah, I love to hear it. Now, you know, there has been a lot of talk this week about is Trevor Lawrence the guy, you know. I think that is way overblown. I'm totally with you there. Does he need to improve in this offense? Absolutely. He's basically a rookie still. I mean, like you said, new offensive play caller, completely new yeah. offensive system all these new pieces. Uh, there's just a lot of newness going on here for Trevor Lawrence. And the good thing, Doug Peterson talked about this multiple times. He likes what, what Trevor was seeing down the field. He's seeing it right. Now it's just about the timing, getting the ball out quicker and uh, just making sure you're you're on that same page with your receivers. And for the most part, he was, right? Like he had a lot of good completions to Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk. That one that Christian Kirk got down the seam, that was something else down the middle of the field. Oh, he was man. able to create separation, and then he had to adjust to the ball in the air. That ball tracking really stood out. So I agree with you about Christian Kirk, too. I love this offensive foundation. That was actually going to be one of my big takeaways as well, despite not putting up enough points, despite not winning the game. The offensive foundation looks good. Um, but I'll, I'll go ahead and say, the team kind of took turns making big mistakes all around like it was really a sight to see they were just beating themselves throughout the game early on defensively you had Darius Williams and Devin Lloyd struggling who both of those guys did not really play throughout training camp or preseason all that much so you can kind of understand why they struggled early then you had later on you know Tyson Campbell got beat for that Game-winning touchdown. He was in good position, just didn't make a play on the ball. You had Shaq Griffin and Andre Cisco not being able to get the job done on the other side against um, against Terry McLaurin, and so the, and then you have the offensive line drawing penalties. You have them not being able to pick up pressure. It was just all these things. But despite that, they were in position to win this game. They had yeah. an eight-point lead with less than Man. ten minutes to go. I think I'm when you look at out. this game. They would have probably lost this by 20 points last year.
1: Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree. I was impressed. You missed field goal. Uh, Travis yeah. Etienne dropped touchdown pass. Walk in. He walks in if he catches that ball. Don't want to get too down on him. You got to make that play. Trevor missed in that first drive. Etienne was wide open down the seam for a score in the end zone. You can't miss that ball. I mean, he's yeah. gonna to continue to get better and they're gonna improve. But if you look at the game, there are a few plays there that you're just looking at and you go, wow, if they make this play, they win the game. They were in the perfect position to come away with the game. And then you got that freak interception at the end, you know, to seal it. And I think Trevor's gonna to continue to get better in that situation. Those fourth quarter two minute drives, that's what you gotta you gotta be able to you gotta be able to go down the field and score. You have to, and if, if you hit that field goal earlier on the game, you only have to get three points. I think that 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 changes how you have to approach that drive, how Doug and Press are going to be calling plays. So, I'm I'm excited. I think that they're uh, Devin Lloyd started slow, ended up, you know, a little bit, a uh, little, little playing a little bit better. Trayvon Walker, the big sack, the interception. I want to see him more consistent, though. To me, he was. He was gassed a little bit out there near the end of the game, and obviously he had the sack, interception, but I want more from him. You know, I know I was asking a lot. The guy did get a sack and a pick, but just every play, every down type guy making plays there, and I think he can because the guy's a freak of nature. Um, I think we have the personnel. I think we have the coaching. It just comes down to protecting him. I think the offensive line is uh, is something we need to look at, though.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree that we, we definitely need to talk about that. And my other point, you, you just brought up Trevon Walker and and you know, he did make some really big splash plays. He certainly wasn't um certainly wasn't like an issue against the run or anything like that. I think he did well against the run, wasn't tested all that much. But him, Josh Allen, Arden Key, DeWan Smoot, where's the pressure? Where was the defensive yeah. pass rush? It wasn't good enough in this game, and I respect what Washington has going on up front, but they've got to do a better job of imposing their will in clear passing situations. Carson Wentz, he had the second most time to throw in the NFL last week. Uh, Not not good enough, and I think Washington's game plan was fantastic. They, I think, confused the Jaguars' defense quite a bit. I thought Scott Turner was one step ahead of Mike Caldwell from from a chess standpoint in this one. And uh, I just think they're gonna have to take a step forward, certainly, if they're gonna if they're gonna be able to get off the field and, and stop teams from scoring twenty eight points a game.
1: Yeah, you're you're right. We had one sack, you know, and, and there wasn't pr- there wasn't, wasn't much pressure at all. I was ex- I was mm-hmm. really excited after the preseason looking at Arden Key. You know, I thought he was gonna really be an explosive guy that was gonna be tough to block. And then Josh Allen, you know, coming in this year, he actually got another guy on the opposite side. That's going to be drawing some attention. So uh, I, was a little bit, I was a little bit disappointed there as far as the amount of pressure they applied. For a quarterback like Wentz, you got to get after him. I think we've got a quarterback coming in this week too. You know, say, same thing. We, we can't just sit back and not get any pressure on him. we we got to get some pressure in his face, and he's not a mobile guy, so I think we could cause some problems there. I don't know. Maybe you have to start blitzing if your front four aren't able to, to, to apply that pressure. So we'll see what happens there. And I hope uh, hope Caldwell, my old coach, old linebacker coach from Philadelphia, Mike Caldwell, comes up with a better game plan to get some pressure on the quarterback this week.
0: That was something I heard uh, listening to Brent Martineau's show that you you do with him over there on ESPN 690. Chip yeah. Kelly, right? Had you lining up at outside linebacker at one point?
1: Chip Kelly, man, the wizard, the brain, he had me uh, move from tight end to linebacker my fourth year in the season, in, in the NFL. And I, I tried my best to uh, to uh, rush the passer there. But, uh, hey, it's a different animal at linebacker than tight end. And I'll be honest, I wasn't very good. I didn't want to be very good, but I wasn't very good at linebacker. You know, tight end was definitely my position.
0: I mean, it's one thing if you're a rookie coming in the league, right? You're not established, but... Switching in your fourth year from not, not only offense to defense, but those are just two entirely different skill sets and, and mindsets and everything. I mean, that is just
1: crazy to me. And sometimes you all think yourselves. In, in the NFL, there's verbiage that is universal. So if you go from one offense to another offense, you're not too far behind. If I, I went from tight end to wide receiver, you're not too far behind. If I went from tight end to offensive line, I would know what I was doing even even switching teams universal verbiage when you go to defense this day was like trying to read ancient egyptian hieroglyphics I had no idea what I was looking at there i don't. Mean, I've never backpedaled before you know at tight end you ever backpedal you might pass at two or three kicks but you never sit there and pass drop and then you're you're rushing the passer and there's there's a rhythm to it. But I will say that playing a little bit of defense did help me become a better tight end because now I knew what some of the defensive players were looking at and mm-hmm. how it felt on the other side of the ball. So that part did help. But overall, to, to have me trying to play linebacker, I think Trip Chip was outsmarting himself there.
0: Yeah, sounds like it to me. And that's not a big surprise with Chip Kelly overall. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any? Uh, well, let's talk about the offensive line real quick. So I know. You've been looking at what's been going on there. I thought overall from center to left tackle. Luke Portner at center, Ben Barch at left guard, Cam Robinson at left tackle. It just wasn't good enough in this one from a pass protection standpoint. Jonathan Allen and and Montez Sweat and Deron Payne were just getting after those guys. Um And. They had a lot going on up front. They were running some games and they were just doing some one-on-ones as well. But the Jags really struggled from center to left tackle
1: to slow those guys down. From some of the, you know, some of some of the plays, it's a little hard to, to point your finger and see who really, because like you said, the games, they're doing a lot of games, a lot of twisting. So you didn't know who was really at fault on a few of the plays. But, you know, watching it back, I think Fortner has to get better. I think Barsh definitely has to get better. Cam, I think, is going to improve. Uh, I was disappointed that he, he – he was a guy that I want—I didn't want to think about. I go, hey, you know, we paid Cam. Cam's big time. He's going to improve. And he didn't. He didn't um, – he, he wasn't good enough. He didn't earn that money that he got this week. But I think he'll come back and he'll play better. Um, where I am concerned is Ben Barsh and Luke Fortner. Do, can, do these guys have it? Are they going to come back and improve? I've never seen them really play at a high level. Can they? Is this what we gotta expect all year? Is Trevor gonna be a, a you know a regular person at the you know down there at the Jacksonville Hospital because they can't get him protected? But you do have bad last week. Bad. You do have Tyler Shatley that can that can play center and guard. And maybe, maybe you cross train Walker Little at a little bit of guard, Juwan Taylor, you get those guys, you see if because if you, you're gonna have to do something. Maybe bring somebody in. If you have another game with the, the interior, Barsh and Fortner playing like this, you might have to insert Shatley and then you might have to try to figure something else out if, if both of them can't perform because you don't wanna lose it, waste the season. Trying to get guys ready, even if they're a young guy, you know, Fortner's is the third round pick, 65th overall pick. I mean, that's basically that's the first pick of the third round, basically second round draft pick.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I know you're you really want this guy to work out, but he was the lowest graded center on pro football focus last week. So if it doesn't improve, I think we gotta look at Shatley. I think Shatley's there for a reason for a situation like this. He's a consistent guy. I played with Shatley, that's how old he is. This guy's ancient. I played with Shatley. I used to work out with this guy. This guy's strong. He's smart. and you can get the job done. So I think that's someone you have to look at if you're Doug.
0: Yeah. For me right now, I wouldn't be trying to bench either, but like you said, if there's a second game where it looks like it did against the commanders against a defensive front, that is really, it's still talented. It's not as talented as the commanders front, but, um, before is Buckner and Grover Stewart on the interior. Buckner's still one of the best interior defensive linemen in football. And Grover Stewart, he's really underrated, in my opinion. So you look at those two guys, it's not just going to become easy for Fortner and Barch. And one thing that someone has or that a few people have brought up, maybe the the time on task with Ben Bartsch and, and Cam Robinson playing next to each other. They haven't yeah. played next to each other really, perhaps just growing together, especially against those games up front that the commanders were running the stunts and different things, perhaps that um, just yeah. just playing more together can, can help them grow.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, I think so. And Juwan, Juwan Taylor played like the best tackle on the Jags. Um, I think, I think he had a pretty solid game. He, uh, he was more consistent, and I mean, he graded better on a lot of these sites that do the grading, such as PFF, Cam at 40th, and, and Juwan at uh, 33, 32. So I was impressed with him, and that was a big thing for me this year is who's going to play that right tackle. I didn't realize that um, you know left tackle was going to be such an issue this year. But like you said, you made a good point. The more time they play together – the more you used to playing with each other, they'll get. It does matter. When you're a tight end and you're playing with the tackle and you're making calls, you're, you're pointing things out, you got to be on the same page. Same thing goes with guard and tackle. If you haven't got that much time together, you don't know what he's going to call. You don't know what he's seeing. You don't know what kind of footwork he takes for a double team block. You don't know what kind of footwork he takes for a power, for an inside zone. You're not comfortable taking a step. If you step too far, you don't know what kind of step he's going to take. You might step on him. And then guess what? You're, you're on the ground, and the guy's in the backfield. So that stuff matters. That's stuff that I feel like some people don't realize. You step on it, or you get stepped on, you, that was always a, a horrific fear of mine. Playing against these big, fat offensive linemen, no offensive lineman. love you guys. These guys are 300 pounds. You put your foot in the ground on a block, and this guy puts his foot too far, you, you're probably breaking your foot. Getting stepped on, yeah. or is going to hurt a lot. You're definitely taking a few plays off. So you got to build that comfortability with the players. So you can just go out there and take your steps and not think about any of that. And I think with time for young players, the same with quarterback, but not as much, but you will continue to see these young players get better. The veterans are more of an even line, what I've seen throughout my career. So that's that's something that I'm encouraged by.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that's going to wrap it up for our takeaways from week one here. Now let's move in to the injury report. Jaguars versus Colts, week two. It's in Jacksonville, 1 p.m. The Colts have not come into Jacksonville and, and beaten the Jaguars since before you started playing in the NFL, right? What year did you come in?
1: I came in 2009.
0: Oh, 2009. I lied. It's 2014.
1: 2014 yeah,
0: so. is the last time the Jaguars lost to the Colts in Jacksonville. Uh, but looking at this, this injury report for the Jaguars, I've never seen this before. There's nothing on the injury report. Nothing crazy. It's blank. Crazy. It's a thing of beauty, right?
1: Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's good though. I've, I've never they're, heard they're of They're healthy. That. Yeah. Yeah, That's, that's wild. I don't think I have. I don't know how they kept everybody healthy. That's uh, that's pretty, pretty unbelievable, crazy.
0: but, For the Colts, there is a lot to look at here.
1: Defensive lineman
0: DeForest Buckner, who we mentioned, he's one of the best interior defensive linemen in the game today. He has a hip going on. He did not participate in practice Wednesday for the Colts. He's never missed a game in his NFL career. Uh, If you're without him for Indy up front, um, that that could be really bad news. But again, has not missed a game in his career. Alec Pierce... The rookie wide receiver who dropped a touchdown pass last week out of Cincinnati. He's in the concussion protocol. He also did not participate in practice. Uh, Kenny Moore and Michael Pittman, they were both limited, so it doesn't look like they're probably going to be at risk of missing. The biggest story here, though, is Shaq Leonard, Shaquille Leonard. Yeah. He practiced fully with that back. He was supposed to miss over the first month of the season. It looks like he's. He's going to be back quicker than we thought. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had any back injuries or anything like that. Um, he ha- he had not practiced, fully participated in practice until Wednesday. hadn't been hadn't been practicing that much before that. Like, is he going to be ready to play on Sunday?
1: That's going to be tough because obviously the guy hasn't played in a while, and it takes a little bit of time to get into the swing of things and to get your bearings back. So that's interesting. I mean, my best game as a Jaguar came after I was I was out for five weeks and didn't play. I came back and limited at practice, played full in the game, and I had my best game as a Jaguar blocking and receiving. So it can be done. But overall, I think for most guys, it does take some time to really get caught up to that speed of the game and get back in the game there. So it'll be interesting to see how he uh, how he plays and reacts there as far as for not playing for a while, and he's a big piece. I mean, the, this Colts team has some has some dudes. They have some players. So, I mean, all these injuries matter, and uh, we'll see how he does. But I think it will take him at least a quarter or so to really get back and play in full speed. And back injuries are tough. I did have some back injuries. I had some uh, – I fractured four transverse process in my back, End up playing the game, finishing the game on it. Got to write up in Sports Illustrated, Jordan, for being a for being an Ironman, being tough. That's during my Philadelphia Eagle days. That's and, our um, guy. Love it. Yeah, it's it's hard, but um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes for him.
0: Yes, we will. So again, you can keep an eye on Kenny Moore, who has a hip, and Michael Pittman, who has a quad. They're both limited those are two big pieces to for the Colts as well literally everyone on this on this injury report for the Colts is a huge piece. Alec Pierce is their number 2 outside receiver. DeForest Buckner's probably DeForest Buckner and Shaquille Leonard are their two best defensive players. Kenny Moore is one of their starting corners. Michael Pittman's their best receiver so uh yeah. They certainly are going to be hoping for the best Colts fans are. Um moving forward here. Now getting into the game we're going to provide some keys to victory here, and um, and for the Jaguars, obviously. Yeah. Again, one of the keys has just been to play in Jacksonville for the Jaguars against the Colts, right? Haven't lost yeah. to, to the Colts in Jack since 2014. Does that matter? I, I think it matters because people are talking about it, right? But w- what do you what do you make of that?
1: Duval's a tough place to play for some teams, especially like uh, Indianapolis, who uh, plays inside. So I, I hate to say this, but I was a part of that 2014 team that lost <laughs> to the Colts. The last loss we had in Jacksonville, the Colts, I was there. So I apologize, Duval for that. But I think that, you know, you got a new quarterback in here, Matt Ryan. I think he he's obviously, he's still got some juice in the tank. He had a decent week last year. Or last week, he had over 350 yards um, passing. He did throw the ball 50 times, but there, the home field advantage is a thing. If you come into a into a building, you can't hear. I hated it as a player, as a tight end at least. I didn't mind if I was on the line, but if you're in the if you're in the wing position, you can't see the ball or see the silent silent count. You can't hear the quarterback. You move when your offensive tackle moves or when your other tight end moves if you're in the wing. So you're behind behind the eight ball as far as your get off. For me, I was a guy that liked to jump the snap count because it was a little bit undersized for a tight end. That matters. So we need to make sure we have a good crowd there. We make some noise and the humidity in Jacksonville, I mean that's that's not easy. If you're not used to that weather, Jacksonville is hot, especially this time of year. Some of those guys used to playing inside in Indianapolis. It's a little bit cooler. It's, you know, 70 degrees every day. Come to Jacksonville, it's hot and humid, maybe raining a little bit, and it's a different ball game. It definitely makes it more difficult to play. So I think that has something to do with it.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you there. Certainly from the Dome perspective, um, you know, Matt Ryan, he's played in a Dome his whole career. Uh, I thought he had some uncharacteristic mistakes last week. Um, just some some poor decision making um, at certain times. Uh, you know, he he threw an interception on a screen just like Carson Wentz did last week to Trayvon Walker. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into these keys to victory beyond home field advantage. Beyond, as Clay Harbor tells you, getting your butts into that stadium and being loud for your team. Let's get loud. Let's get loud. Um, for me, you can't let Jonathan Taylor beat you with explosives, right? I mean, this is a team, the Jaguars, that did a really good job against him in week 17 or week 18 last year. Uh, the the earlier contest that they had against the Colts in Indy, Jonathan Taylor was running rough shot over the Jaguars in the first half. They settled down and slowed him down and almost came back and won that game. Uh, but Jonathan Taylor, he's going to get his yards. He's going to do do really great things every time he steps on the field. But you can't let him get those explosives that that are backbreaking plays, in my opinion.
1: No, I agree. And uh, last, I mean, he came in, he didn't skip a beat. He's the best running back in football. I don't think anybody can debate that. He had 160 yards last week with the touchdown, averaging 5.2 a clip. So it's going to be interesting. You know, I think they're gonna obviously you know you're gonna get a steady dose you're gonna get a steady dose of of Jonathan Taylor so to me that's gonna be interesting to see how you know how Jags respond to that. You know you, you put a lot of money into the into the linebacking core this year. You got a first round draft pick you got a Luke Lund for, for that reason for that specific reason. You got Faticasi for that reason you know Walker, another guy that because you know Trey you Walker you're supposed to be able to stop the run. So you got the personnel. Now, Josh what Allen too. Of, He's
0: a good run defender.
1: Yeah, Josh Allen. So, what are you going to do now? Are you guys going to be able to stop the run? You put all this into the run game. You got to stop the run in this division. Stop the run. Stop the run. Now it's your chance. You want to beat Indianapolis, one of the leaders in the division. You got to stop the run. You got a perfect opportunity to show your different defense this year. You can stop the run, and um, you, you get the Jags' offense on the field. And not let Indy chew up that clock with Josh Taylor. So I'm interested to see how that goes with these new guys. You gotta stop the run, stop Jonathan Taylor. I agree with that key.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And when you look at um you look at the Colts offense, it's not just Jonathan Taylor. I should have also mentioned Naheem Hines, who is a really explosive, quick jitterbug type running back, who yeah. that's the type of player that last week that Darius Williams struggled to cover, that Devin Lloyd struggled to get on the ground in space when you look at him missing McKissick and, uh, and Curtis Samuel early in that game. So he's another one you got to be worried about. Now, did you see they ran wild car- or, uh, Wildcat from the two-yard line on fourth and goal with, with uh, Naheem Hines last week, and they didn't get it. I thought that was a wild call.
1: Yeah, like uh, that's a, that's that Chip Kelly stuff, man. I think they're outsmarting themselves on some of these plays here. So that's interesting. I doubt if we see that again. But I, I think the Jaguars, one thing they did well last week was, you know, they stopped the run decently. That, you know, they gave up three yards of carry, 85 yards, didn't give up 100 yards. So you got to keep that going. Obviously, you got to get better against the pass. You know, giving up over 300 to Carson Wentz with a 66% complete percentage, keeping them upright the whole game. But uh, you got to continue to stop the run. You know, that's what, what they're going to do. They're going to run it early and they're going to run it often. So that's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah. And so what is, what is one of your big keys to victory here, Clay? My
1: key my keys to victory. I mean, we've been talking about it a little bit, but, yeah. you know, is, is the protection. we we got to pr- protect Trevor. If you give this guy time, I think, you know, the sky's the limit. If you give him time, so we got to keep Trevor clean, and we got to continue with our skill players playing like we did last week. Those guys played great. Eliminate those mistakes, but my my key, my second key, we keep Trevor Simeon's jersey clean. I want him to not have to wash his jersey for next week. That thing needs to be. Trevor clean Simeon after.
0: is he playing in this game?
1: Oh man, Trevor Simeon! <laughs> I said Trevor Simeon is my is one of my good buddies that I was yeah. like, texting with yesterday from the Bears. But Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I want Trevor Lawrence jersey to be to be clean. Doesn't have to wash it when he when he for next week. So keep him upright. I need this offensive line to show me something. Fortner and Barch, I'm talking to you, Cam. You got that big contract. I should now earn it. Keep your quarterback clean. Give him some time to throw the ball. We're going to see more good things from Christian Kirk. We're going to see more good things from Zay Jones. We're going to see even see some things from Evan Ingram. I think Evan Ingram can have a big week this week. I think Marvin Jones. Guys consistent, continue giving space to Robinson Etienne in the run game. But Hey, keep Trevor Lawrence, not Trevor Simeon, Trevor Lawrence clean.
0: Hey, we want Trevor Simeon to keep clean as well,
1: right? He <laughs> will keep clean, man. He's a backup quarterback. They have one of the easiest jobs in the league. If I could uh, go back and do it all over again, I would have just been a backup quarterback my whole career.
0: Yeah. That's the way to do it. Right. Yeah. Um I'm glad you brought up Evan Ingram. He had a few catches in the last game, did not have any negative plays from a pass catching standpoint. I think the Jaguars, when you look at what the Colts really struggled with last week defensively, it was up the seams, up the middle. Um, o j. Howard feasted. He had you know yes. he signed with with the Texans last week, came in yeah. in his first game with the team and and picked up two big touchdowns. I think you could be attacking with Evan Ingram, with Dan Arnold, uh, even with. You saw some vertical shots to Travis Etienne. I think yeah. that could be a, a big key using him in the passing game up the seams as well.
1: Yeah, I love the, I love the the play design there with Press and Doug getting tra- Travis Etienne in the uh, in the seam. To me, that's impressive. But yeah, uh, OJ Howard had a couple of big catches and he hasn't been there for long. Farrell Brown had a big catch. Um, They got all their their tight ends involved there. So I think that's someone that's got to play well is, you know, for sure is Evan Ingram. I think he he did a decent job catching the ball. I I think a couple times he rushed routes. I know one time I think it was a two-point conversion where I'm like, dude, you got to just slow this route down. But he he came back and he had some good plays. So I think Evan Ingram did a good job. I was a little bit critical of him. some camp and put on my second watch of the game. I'm like, okay, that, that's good, Evan Ingram. I'm not going to try to hold you to the standard of this first round pick. And, you know, you, we, you came in here to be able to catch the football. You have four catches. Keep that going. I think that's uh, that's what people expect of you. So it's another key. Take advantage of these of, of this slot and these seams. Christian Kirk is going to play in slot. He spent 90% of his snaps in the slot. You got that weapon. Right, we need another one to uh, to emerge because they're going to start cheating to his side. Evan Ingram's going to have some opportunities in the slot.
0: Yeah, they could. I, I mean, no one could cover Christian Kirk last week. Uh, it didn't matter what he was doing, whether it was a vertical route, whether it was like mesh, whether it was just slant across the field, a two-way go. Like He was putting these defenders on skates consistently, and uh, I, I don't think that Washington – has the most talent in their secondary or, or in their linebacking core from a coverage standpoint, but they're no slouches either. I mean, I don't think that this is a big, big dip, big gap talent wise, in, in between what Washington had on the back end and what the Colts have on the back end, outside of Stefan Gilmore, who is not going to be following Christian Kirk around the field. He's going to be on the outside.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh I think you're right on there. And I think um we got to make sure to, to keep an eye on, you know, Michael Pittman Jr. I mean, he's a guy that can can really change a game, and like you said, Hines is, is another guy that can can change a game more so in the receiving game. But uh, those two guys are guys I think, you know, the Jaguars need to keep an eye on. So I think Michael Pittman Jr. Who's going? Who's guarding him? You know, who's how are we? Getting, what's our plan of action for him? You know, they had a they had pain last week. Uh, had uh, two sacks from the inside from the dn for the for the colts so we have to have our eyes on him we can't let him get started early so there's a couple other things there
0: it looked like quiddy pay was lining up almost exclusively on the defensive left side offensive right side and unique Ngakwe, who you're very familiar with i'm sure um yeah uh was lining up exclusively on the right side. And of course he's very familiar with his defensive coordinator. You are too, Gus Bradley, a former yep. Jaguars head coach who apparently now he's actually blitzing. How about that? Oh, he
1: blitzes now. I didn't realize that. I, Not a lot, but at least a yeah. little bit. I got to go back and watch this, uh, this Colts game instead of just watching the Jags. Cause I want to I'll see what Gus that. said. Gus is Gus is blitzing now. I, mean, I don't know what's going on. Is he feeling? I'm gonna have to shoot him a text message. Make sure he's feeling okay. <laughs> That's not Gus Bradley, but uh, yeah, and Gakway, I think he's gonna have a uh, he's gonna have a chip on his shoulder. He wants to show Duval. You know, he's back at back at you know where he started. He wants to show Duval. He wants to have a big game against him. And then Pay. You know, he had a big week last week. So these are two guys that can get some get some sacks, get some pressure on the quarterback. We got to make sure we have a plan for them. Maybe use some chips early on, and uh, it'll be a good opportunity for this line to redeem themselves and totally redeem themselves. So we'll see what happens there.
0: <laughs> I love it. I think it is really interesting with Quiddie Pay lining up on the defensive left side. He was their best pass rusher last week, especially down the stretch late. He got two big sacks, but Jawan Taylor was the Jaguars' best protect, best pass protector last week. So I think. Two really big performances in week one from two players that look like they're going to be squaring off against each other for the majority of the game. I am interested to see that matchup. Looking at the Colts' wideouts, we talked about Michael Pittman. He has proven himself. He is a legit number one starting wide receiver in this league. I think it's clear to see whether he was catching passes from Carson Wentz or now Matt Ryan. He's putting up numbers. He's getting open, making plays for his quarterback. But one thing I'm interested here, the Colts wide receivers their top two. If if Alec Pierce is able to play in this game, he's in the concussion protocol. They're big boys. Like those are big, tall, physical receivers. Yeah. Last week they were going up against Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel. These are are quick, uh, speedy receivers that, that have great elusiveness and route running ability. So it's a completely different assignment covering Terry McLaurin than it is covering a Michael Pittman or an Alec Pierce. I'm fascinated to see if the Jaguars corners match up better in that situation, if they play better, because there's no reason for them not to play better. Like Shaquille Griffin and Darius Williams, there's no reason for them to play as poorly as they did last week.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And I, I don't think the, the Jaguars seem to struggle sometimes tight ends, but I think that's, I don't really think there's a big tight end to worry about in, uh, in in Indianapolis. You have to worry about the running back. You have to worry about Michael Pittman Jr. I mean, that those are the two guys you got to stop. And then Hines, like you said, Michael Pittman Jr. Huge. This guy can play tight end, and he's yeah. six four, two twenty five, six five, maybe two thirty. I mean, this guy's a big dude. Uh, so it'll be interesting. You go from like you said, Jahan Dotson to Michael Pittman Jr. This guy's a big guy, physical guy, can make plays. So I'm, um, uh, I think, I think they, I think that's more suited to the Jags DBs, though. Honestly, the the quick, quick shifty guys aren't uh, exactly easy to guard. So I think this will be a, be a good a good matchup for us. So we'll see what happens there.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Um, or at least I hope that's the case. We're gonna find out, right? Yeah, um, we will. Now, another thing the Colts love to do. They love screens and the Jaguars have historically been horrific against the screen. You saw the Colts or the, the commanders get them on a couple screens last week. You then also saw Trevon Walker uh, figure out what they were trying to do against him, got a big interception on a screen pass and also got a big tackle for no gain on a screen pass in that game. So uh, the Colts, they're going to run screens with, with Heinz with Jonathan Taylor, the Jags are going to have to be ready for that. And you mentioned the tight end. I mean, they've got Mo Alley-Cox. They also went and got Jelani Woods in the draft. Haven't seen anything from him. But the Colts are are, are going to be able to, in my opinion, they're going to be able to keep you off balance. Um, they can They can run from the gun. They can throw from the gun. They can run from under center. They can throw from under center. They'll do play action they will do these screens that keep you off balance. There's a lot of different things they can do. I didn't see anything last week that was like wow, that was an amazing play concept, amazing play design, but they they're able to keep you off balance by doing different things from different formations and uh I think that's going to be key for the Jaguars to just trust their eyes and and stay home and not get fooled by any of the um any of the the games and stuff that the Colts are running, whether it's play action, whether it's screens, things like that.
1: Yeah, I think I, I agree with that. They, they do a lot of different things, so it's uh, that's going to be tough for them to stop. But I think they can. I think they yeah. can. I think it's a similar team coming in from from a year ago, and so I think the Jaguars can. Uh, I mean, and the Colts are going to have some. They're going to want to get a little bit of uh, redemption from last year when the Jag kept them out of the playoffs. So that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting to see how they come out and if they're if they got a little extra chip on the shoulder, knowing that the Jags beat them last year and kept them out of the playoffs. So I think the Jaguars can do a repeat of that and you know and um really build some confidence heading in to the rest of the season. I, I I'm not saying it's a must win, but you can't start on two. I mean that's hard. If you got a new team, a new coach, new new players, you're trying to change you're trying to change the the whole identity, the culture here. You Starting 0-2 is tough. Got to get a win this week. Got to start running the ball with Travis Etienne and James Robinson and go from there. But I think uh a huge week for the Jags. I think we got to get a win, and I think we will.
0: Okay, I like it. And uh, one thing you just mentioned there was uh, starting 0-2. You start 0-2, then you travel to L.A. to take on the Chargers? Then yeah. you travel – to Philly to take on the Eagles, not an easy road ahead. Can't do it. Uh, so, so they've got a. I, I, I think this is as close to a must-win as you can have in Week Two of a season.
1: I agree. Looking at the schedule, knowing who you got coming up, knowing that you're going, you have these away games. You're at home this week against a division rival. Said, "No, it's Week two, But hey. You gotta get this win. This is a huge game for the Jaguars. And I don't wanna say it put a lot of pressure on these guys, but NFL is full of pressure. You gotta go out there and perform. The O-line blocks keeps Trevor clean. If we can hold if we can hold this running back, you know, to a decent decent game, not let him just completely take it over, then I think we got a good opportunity here to uh, to come away with the with the victory. I think Taylor is good. I think he can be stopped. And we do those two things. I think the Jags are going to come away with that W.
0: Yeah. And you've got to swarm tackle that guy, right? You got to get multiple, multiple defenders uh, trying to take him down just because if you don't, he can bust it off big, like you said. Um, Keep an eye on these injuries for the Colts throughout the week. Again, DeForest Buckner with the hip and Alec Pierce with the concussion did not participate. Shaquille Leonard, will he be back? That's going to be a huge. Uh, a huge point of emphasis this week. Like if Shaq back and of course he's dealing with a back injury, that was no pun intended there, but if he's back, uh, that's huge for the Colts and a, and a huge negative for the Jaguars. So we'll see how that plays out. You've got Frank. Yeah, Rack versus Doug Peterson. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm, I'm wondering if he'll be back or not. That is, that changes the game. Yeah.
0: So you've got Frank Reich versus Doug Peterson, you know, Uh, master versus apprentice sort of deal going on back in their days with Philly. Um, You've got the Colts, like you mentioned, out for revenge, not making the playoffs last year. They, They changed their entire plan based off of one loss to the Jaguars. They decided to get rid of Carson Wentz last year. If they win that game and get into the playoffs, he's still their quarterback.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. If he wins that game, gets in the playoffs, maybe they win a game in the playoffs. It's definitely, it definitely changes things for the Colts. They're gonna, have, hey, they're gonna have this uh, revenge on their heart. So, big, big game for for the Jags. Big game for Duval, We, need the fans, to show up and show out, be noisy, you know, be routed there, and um, let's get that home field advantage.
0: Love it. So, do you want to do a uh, final score prediction here to to
1: to round it out for us? Absolutely. I got the Jaguars beating the Colts at home 28 to 21. Trevor Lawrence over 300 yards of passing, two touchdowns. We had another rushing touchdown for, for James Robinson and another rushing touchdown for Travis Etienne. Jags win one and one baby. Let's go. Love that.
0: So, yeah, uh, I also have Travis Etienne scoring a touchdown or receiving touchdown in this one. I think we're going to be able to see him attack the seams like we mentioned earlier and until the Colts prove that they can handle that, I think you just got to keep keep spamming it. Um so yeah, I have the Jaguars in this one as well. I'm going to go 24 to 23. Really close one for the Jaguars. Really close. But I- yeah, You know, I, the NFL is decided by close games pretty much every week. You see that. Yeah. Um, I think that the Jaguars, uh, they have enough to get the job done against the Colts. And of course, people that cover the Colts, Colts fans, they're going to be saying the same thing about the Colts having what it takes to beat the Jaguars. I just was not impressed with what I saw from the Colts last week. Their offense, I didn't like it. Um, their pass defense was pretty atrocious as well. The, the Texans didn't take advantage of it as much as I think the Jaguars can. I think the Jaguars mm-hmm. continue the streak. They win their eighth straight game uh, in Jacksonville against the Colts.
1: I love it. I love it. Let's go, baby. Let's go, Duval. Let's get that W.
0: Absolutely. Well, I've had a great time here today, Clay. We're going to continue doing this show. Uh, our plan is to do twice a week, you know, kind of a a recap of what happens in the in the prior game and then a, a look ahead to the next game so that's that's our plan here at, at believe in jaguars and again you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts you can find us on the Jin jag youtube channel uh, you can follow clay harbor it's on the screen here at clay harbs 82 follow myself at jordan delugo on twitter and again it's b-l-e-a-v in jaguars believe in jaguars thanks so much for tuning in duval have a great weekend and we'll be back with you next week